an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you. And treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Welcome, everyone. This is View from the Raptors. We launching a podcast. This is good news. I would like to be a part of that. I could make it up, and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that sounds right. That's good." Right on. Just keep going. I bleed green. Should probably have somebody look at that. <laughs> All right, we just keep bringing the heat here on View from the Raptors. Last week we had NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. This week, we're going all Celtics. It's an absolute Celtics legend. He's here with Perk and Sean Granny and myself, and he's a 2008 champion. He's a finals MVP. His number 34 is hanging up in the rafters. He's the truth. He's the captain, Paul Pierce P. Welcome to the pod, man. Perk's ready to grill you, I'm telling you. How's it going? What up, big Perk? True. What's happening? It's crazy because I'm actually coming out. I'm actually doing a book right now, right? Yeah. And- and is that it, breaking news right now? It is. It is. I'm writing a book? I'm, I'm doing a book. And it's to the point where we was talking about my early days with the Celtics. And yeah. man, it was crazy, Pete, because it brought back so many memories of... <laughs> no, seriously, it brought back so many memories of... I just remember you, like, I said, man, Pete took me under his wing as a youngster. Like, we had, we had three... It was three of us that was rookies. And for some reason, P adapted to me. And I was just telling in my book, like, it was them times, bro, you just would invite me to your crib. And me and you would literally just sit up there and watch three or four games and just yeah. talk about what yeah. was going on around the league. And I had, and all of it started coming back as I'm telling, you know, the stories. I'm like, man, me and P used to play head up on bones every day. Like, it was, yeah. it was and I was like, man, I, I couldn't wait. Hey. Mark, I used to be looking forward to P hitting me on my text saying, big fella, come on through. Because, you know, I got tired of being in that townhouse. I was going to go stand in that goddamn 6,500 foot square foot mansion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, look, that domino, dominoes brought us together. <laughs> yeah. What made you gravitate toward Perk? I mean, we all know why, but back in the day, what made you bring bring him in? Well, you you know what it, it, it's like, uh, you know you you feel out certain people when you're around them, and 
it's, it's, it's something you really can't even explain. It's just you knew what type of guy, what type of player, you know, what type of mentality he had. And, and you know, it was similar to mine. And so you gravitate towards that. And, then, you know, that's why we work so well. Guys like him, Tony Allen. I mean, that team was so – we gravitated so well with each other just ment- on a mental aspect. And that's what just drew us all together to be so close, you know. Even though we was on some losing teams, we were a close-knit team. Hey, Mark, I, I mean, I got three three incidents that P – I think that really woke P up for us with me, right? So it, we, we used to have to report – right before Labor Day. And I come in the gym as a rookie, and I'm just throwing elbows at Tony Batie and Paul like, damn. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I remember this, he's like, okay, young fella, young fella in here getting physical. Right. So then he goes to my, our first preseason game, my first preseason game, we played the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. And I get an offensive rebound, and I just go up and dunk it with two hands and yell. And I remember coming to the bench, and P was like, "Dang, you go just go up over DC and Ben Wallace like that." And I was like, <laughs> "You don't remember that P? I remember like it was yesterday." Oh, and, then, and then and look, this was the last test. P always used to like with the young guys. He wanted to see, all right, you maybe could hoop, but I want to see who got hard. I want to see who dedicated. He used to tell us that all the time. So one day I go in the locker room and Pete, I'm in my tights. He like, who? I, I want to see which one of y'all got harder. Which one of y'all humble? Like, what's happening? He throw fifteen hundred dollars on the ground. He like, big perk. What's up? It's like a foot of snow, two feet of snow. Right there outside the weight room. I bet you won't go outside and give me a hundred push-ups right now in the snow in your tights. I said, who? I said, bet that when did it. And ever since then, P was like, I'm rocking with you, young fella. I didn't think he would do it, really. I was like, man, it was freezing outside. It was freezing. He went out there, and I was like, ooh, the big fella. He, he, that's the type of guy you want to go to war with. You know, you, it's like going to boot camp. You know, everything not easy. You got to put them through some stuff before you know you get, get them out there with the action, you know. So that was like my way of seeing, you know, let me see where these kids' mentality is. You know, put them through a little boot camp. So who put you through the boot camp when you were a rook? Yeah, I never heard this one, P. I got to Man, I didn't really have no boot camp. I came in kicking doors down. <laughs> you got to understand, my team was different. You got to understand, like, Antoine was our vet. You had Ron Mercer, who was in his second year. But you got to understand, we all the same age, you know, even though they came out before me. The only one that was the older older uh, vet was probably Kenny Anderson. And, uh, you know, Kenny probably, you know, the most he made me do, I had to go get the donuts and I had to get his coffee and stuff, warm That's up his easy. coffee. Yeah, that was easy stuff for me. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, being it was such a young team, that uh, I really didn't have that type of vet that that was just like, all right, young fella, you know, I had to show myself the ropes on the most part. But you you said you kicked the doors down, and you know, that's a perfect segue into this because it's Hall of Fame week, and obviously about a month ago you just found out that you're a Hall of Fame finalist for for the next class going in mm-hmm. in uh, 2022. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So first and foremost, congratulations. Well-deserved, man. Unbelievable career that you put together here in Boston. And then even even after that, you continue to play at a really high level. 
But I just want to ask you, what's the anxiety level of like, you found out that you're a finalist, but now you got to wait. There's like that interim period to actually get the final word of if it's happening or not. Right. Uh, well, that's coming this this uh, this weekend. And so, you know, with the Hall of Fame class of with KG and Kobe and Tim Duncan coming up, uh, I'll, uh, I got some insider information I can't really say right now, but the announcement, official announcement uh, will come this Sunday. Okay, so before you got this inside information, what was the anxiety like at that point when you just did, well, you didn't know necessarily what was going to happen? <laughs> Well, you still don't know, you know, you know, you just, you just wait and see, and you know, you just, it's just a wait and see, you know, hopefully I've, you know, convinced the people who makes that call uh, enough throughout my career to where, you know, I'm on there and I'm hopefully uh, inducted into the uh, first ballot Hall of Fame. You will be. Hey, P, look, I always tell people, in my opinion, your finals and I'm not just saying this because you're my brother and we rolled together and we won it together. I'm just saying for what you went through with this finals MVP run that you had. Yeah. You went through a prime Joe Johnson. You went through a LeBron James. Man. You went through a Detroit Pistons who sent multiple bodies at you from <laughs> Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince to Chauncey. Right, guarded by. I mean, they were they they were the Pistons. Like you talking yeah, about, sure. you're right. And you went through that, going through Kobe to win the NBA Finals. Like, I think people don't even see the value. And I said this. I said, see, what y'all don't realize is, yes, we had defenders, but when we started the game, Pete started off guarding each and every one of them. And his and his his motto was, "You gonna have to bust my head to the white meat." Right. <laughs> yeah, they might have got some off on P, but he got more. But P, I want to ask you this because I never, out of all the conversations we had, mm -hmm. I never asked you this. When you got to the league, what was your moment where you was like, hey, man, I'm like that. I'm about to be one of these dudes in this league for the for the, for the the rest of my career. Like, what was that moment where you was like, yeah, I'm here. Man, I think I really came off running because I remember, uh, you know, my first game was against Vince Carter. You know, that's like we was like rookie rivals. He got picked before me. We right. the same class. We the same position. And, you know, he uh, he had a good game. I had a good game. But that game where I was like, I'm going to tell you this. It was against Penny Hardaway. And I was guarding. And this one, he was in Orlando. And I don't know if he was hurt or not. But I know I held him to zero points, Kirk. And I was like, because you got to understand this, how I looked up to Penny. I wore his shoes all through college. Yeah. Penny's shoes, is I, like, he was my guy. And I was like, I'm guarding Penny tonight, you know. And I, I, I don't know if he was hurt, I don't, but I know I held him to zero. I remember I ripped him, and I was like, oh, I'm here. I am here, and I am here to stay. It was defense that made you realize. It was a defense. But, look, I'm going to tell you this, though. It was a, it was one dude who put me in my place that I'll never forget. Grant Hill. Oh, my gosh. We playing in a close game. The Pistons is uh, it's in the guard. I mean, it's four minutes to go. It's like three minutes ago, two minutes ago. I'm telling you, Perk, he ISO'd me every single time down the court. And you know what he used? You know what he did? He did exactly what I used to tell Tony Allen in practice every day when I got the ball. I said, one of three things is going to happen, Tony. I mean, <laughs> four, 
you're gonna foul me, or I'm a, or uh, I'm gonna find somebody else for the assist. And he did that to me every single time that if he didn't score on me, I fouled him, or he got into the paint and, and, and dropped it off to somebody, and they beat us. And it was just like a moment was like, can I even play NBA defense out here? But then you had to look. This is Grant Hill, though. We talking about one of the all time. You know, this is like LeBron before LeBron. But some people, still. like some of the younger generation, they don't know how good he was before he hurt his ankle in, in Orlando. He was the next coming. He was on the point to like take over as poster boy over Jordan. Uh, Perk. Mm -hmm. He was next. It was like Grant. It was like Jordan, and then. Grant was next in line. So we're talking about Hall of Fame, and you're, you're going to be in town uh, this this coming weekend to see KG yeah. go in. I know you guys go way back, like way back to, to the days yeah. in, in the AAU circuit. What's it like to see someone who you grew up with, who you want a title with, who you were trying to get to play with each other for so damn long in the pros? Like, what's it like to see him finally have his moment? It's going to be exciting, man. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to hear his speech, you know, because you got to understand when Kevin talks, it's just like the room freezes. You don't understand his presence. But, like, if you ever watch his interviews or, or in a room where he's, like, really, you know, got some things to say, it's just like the room just turns cold and you just freeze and you just kind of like you make an eye contact with him and you can't you You're hinging on every word he says because you know right. he's going to say something good. And interesting and uh you know for me to see how he's come from a skinny seven foot kid from south carolina to chicago to the nba to now the hall of fame which is uh the last chapter in this book he's my he might have to write another book i see that book you got behind yeah him. i got it i got a couple of them man I, I can't stop reading it he's gonna have to add another chapter to this book man i mean because this is this is the uh final piece of the of the pie right here getting inducted to the Hall of Fame because this is, is over. And we can't forget, his, his, uh, I think maybe next year, I think you know this, that his number is going off up yep. in the garden. So, it's supposed man, to be this year. but It's supposed to be this year. So we couldn't make it happen. You might have to rewrite that book, man. Add a couple chapters. Yeah, add a couple uh, chapters. You know he got a game plan. Oh, man. You know, man. He, already, you know he already foresee the future, man. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'm actually going over his house after this. I, I think I'm gonna head over there and you gotta tell him good things. We gotta get him <laughs> on here next. What's what's your favorite story of your time with him in Boston? I know you've told. I, I love listening to the story of Las Vegas when you guys went there and you darted out of the, out of the cab and you didn't pay the cabbie and he oh, was like, "What the hell? What's going on? This is city life." But what's your favorite story from Boston? Oh, man, we got so many great stories, man. I mean, uh, all right, how about this one? This is what I always tell in the game. We're playing the San Antonio Spurs, right? And the whole scout report was like, all right, we need to snow. Ginobili is just on, on a tear coming into our building. So I got Ginobili that night. And so he's guarding Matt Bonner. I'm not sure if Duncan was playing that night. I'm not, was Duncan, he may have, or maybe Perk was guarding Duncan. And Ticket had Matt Bonner. And so, <laughs> and so it is. Point being, I'm working my butt off. I'm shutting Ginobili down. Next thing you know, Matt Bonner's going off. He got 20 points at the half, right? So I hold Ginobili to about like six or seven points. He's on a tear. So now we're on the hallway. We're going into the locker room. I think we're probably down like two or three. And we're walking down the hall, about to walk in the locker room. And I'm like, damn, 
who the hell got Matt Bonner? I'm over here. <laughs> I'm here working my butt off. Yeah. You know, working my butt off, Garginovoli. And in my mind, you know, I'm just saying this so the whole team can hear it. I'm, I'm calling KG out. Like, who the hell got Matt Bonner? He turned around and get in my face. He said, I got Matt Bonner. The reason he got 20 goddamn points because I was helping your ass out, slow down Ginobili. <laughs> I remember that. I love that. That sounds like KG, no doubt. New, New England native Matt Bonner, by the way. He's, he's a yeah. New England native. Let me jump into the conversation here with something I've thought about for many, many years, and I think it takes a lot of years to look back and have a different perspective on it. Danny's only regret of what I called the new big three era, right? Those six years were how old you were, how old KG was and how old Ray was when it started. And we all in our mentality, our sports mentality say, man, imagine if four or five years earlier, those guys had gotten together. I mean, KG was MVP. You guys were all at the top of your game. And then that basketball logic says, you know what? They would have won multiple championships, but (laughs) Younger players, it's not always that simple. What, what in your mind now, with your your brain where you are now, looking back, what would have happened if that group had been, if you guys had been together four or five years earlier? I really believe we would have won uh, multiple titles because this is why I tell you, Sean, you gotta understand. Like, okay, you know, when you first come in the league, you want to establish a name for yourself. You want to establish a presence. I think at that, if you look back. Four, four or five years from there, I was in my fifth year. I think I was at that point where I established who I was in the league. You know, at that point, KG was in an MVP. Uh, at that point, you know, Ray had made all, multiple All-Stars like myself. We already signed big contracts, you know. So it was just like, <clears throat> you know, what what do you want? After you establish that part of your career, you're like, okay, what's next? You know, I've, I've, I've made a lot of money now. I've made an All-Star team. Now, now I want to win. <laughs> what else is there? I want to win now. And I truly believe, especially how selfless of a superstar KG is, there's no doubt in my mind we would have won multiple titles. I mean, he's got to be one of the most selfless superstars. You know, a guy who could have demanded the ball every time down, we would have gave it to him. And <laughs> he pretty much would have just been the offense. But, you know, he was so unselfish the way he passed the ball and brought guys together on the defensive end. I, I truly believe we, we would have won. You remember Doc used to have to stop practice when he wouldn't shoot. And said, yeah. Doc, I'm, I'm moving the ball. I'm moving the ball. Yeah, we're moving it. We're moving it to you. <laughs> right. Doc will beg him to take 20 shots a night. And I was yep. like, you don't hear that from a coach telling you're a superstar. Yep. Like, that shows you how unselfish KG was. I, I don't know if you remember this. Very early in that season, we were going to Orlando. We went to Doc's house in the afternoon and afterwards we're going back to the hotel and they had different vans. You and I were in the same van and it was almost like you could barely contain your joy at the way the early season had gone. And you were just talking about the, I I would have traded, I'll trade the locker room. I was telling everybody I'll trade this locker room to get KG here. And it was just that it was so, it was so joyful to be around you and to be around that group because it was almost like, I always, I always say he, he plugged something in. Absolutely. Man. The the crazy thing about it, man, I was like, man, Wick, this is the piece right here. In 2006, I said that. You said it during a game, right? Yeah. I tell him that. I mean, we tell this story. I look right at Wick, like we need to get him. Right here. 
I mean, I think everybody in the whole front row heard me. <laughs> KG said he didn't know what was going on, and he was like, is he talking to his owner and telling him to trade for him? This is the middle of they're, – they're all at the free throw line at this right. time. It's a crazy story. Crazy right. story. I don't think, Paul, I don't think people realize that your relationship with KG – didn't begin in 2007. It didn't begin no. when you were in the NBA at All-Star Weekends. That it literally goes back 25, more than 25 years. He stayed at my house in Inglewood, California. He had the duck in the in the doorways in my little house in Inglewood. He had the duck. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, man, I'm telling you, we played that week AAU ball. You know, I, I, you got to understand, there was no Instagram. You know, no social media when we were in high school. So I heard of Kevin Garnett. I was like, because, you know, as a kid, you want to move up in the rankings, so you're reading about players. You know, man, who is this guy at the top, Kevin Garnett? He's seven feet with, you know, who is Stephon Marbury? And then to get a chance to, like, read about him and then actually see him. So just like when he walks into the gym, my first sight of him was like, whoa, this is Kevin Garnett. I mean, he was taller than life. I mean, faster, faster as a gazelle. His intensity was through the roof. I just remember the first practice as kids, he was yelling out the gym. And after that, that's where we established our relationship. We played on the same AAU team just for one week in a tournament to where my first, this was my last tournament as an AAU player for high school. I was going to this, be a senior. This is the summer going to the senior. This is my last year, the very last tournament of the biggest tournament of the summer, a, a tournament in which I, Took second place every year. Every year we lost in a championship. We bring on KG. We end the summer off on a championship. No biggest tournament of the summer. And we just was in contact ever since then. That's where our bond formed. Tell me if you're with me on this. They just finished the Showtime, putting together that Showtime documentary, right, on KG. They've interviewed a lot of us over the last few months to, to get it ready. Mm -hmm. And we were both in Boston before. You knew what Celtic fans were like, what Boston was like. And this is the analogy I came up with. So I want to see if it passes your test. About 15 years ago, about that time, the first viral video on YouTube, one of the first ones ever, when we when it was in its infancy. You're dating yourself here. Is when they tell, I wish I could, Mark, I wish I could date myself. That's how much I'm a fan <laughs> of myself. If, is when they took the candy, the Mentos candy, right, and they put it in the soda bottle. And right, the thing we right. just explained that I, I described it as KG was the Mentos and Boston and, oh, the, and the garden was the so at this us uh, like the second he got there. Just the buzz around it, man. I, I don't even know. I remember I was in L.A. You know, how I found out that we were possibly getting KG. I found out through Antoine Walker. <laughs> I was in Los Angeles and Antoine was at something. I think, I don't know if it was a ceremony for Gary Payton that KG was at. They were at something in Newport. And I was upset that I didn't even get the invite. I was like, Sam Cassell was there, GP, KG out in Newport. And I was in, in, in Los Angeles and, and, and Twan calls me and said, yo, I think y'all getting KG. I was like, what? I was like, Really? And so, you know, I'm on the phone with Danny every day, like, hey, what's going on? Hey, is it is this is this for real? And Danny made it happen, man. Because that's a summer. It could have went so many directions. You know that, Sean. It could have. You, you and Kobe. You and Kobe said. It, it could have went in so many different directions. It was either like, it was either like we're going to build to win or I wasn't going to be there. You know, I thought that I would get traded, honestly, that summer. And for it, could go, if, for it to go for me, possibly getting traded that summer to add in Ray and KG and winning a championship. That was, that was the best summer of my whole career. We walked in, you may not remember this because the day was a blur, but the press conference at the garden 
we happened to get there at the same time. And we're kind of walking up the stairs. The stairs you always told me took years off your career. Walking up those stairs. <laughs> you have to park the car. You have to walk up the stairs, right? Three or four flights to, to get to where the floor was in the garden. And it was almost as if we knew the world was changing. We sort of caught eyes with each other. And, you know, it's like, dap you off, lean in. It was like, it was a whole new world right now. And you're like, no it doubt. Like, is this for real? Is this like, real? That's what it felt like. Is this really happening? It was like, you understand, we had the worst record in the league, and then all of a sudden we get this type of firepower in. It was like, wow. I, I couldn't believe it was for real. I mean, you got to understand, my workouts that summer, like I worked hard in the summer, but like when that trade happened, I think I was doing three a days. I think I was waking up at 5 a.m., <clears throat> going from 6 to 8, 10 to 1, and then like 3 to 5, like take an hour break, eat, then go work out again. I was, I was getting prepared. It just motivates you that much more oh when you got God. those other guys around you coming in, right? I mean, as a competitor, that's all you ever want is was a chance, was a chance. And that's all I ever say. I sit in the back with Johnny Joe, John and Max. You know, I, I just wanted a chance, you know, and, and I felt like this was it. Hey, man, you got the chance. You took it. You capitalized on it. And like Purchase said earlier, you had one of the craziest finals MVP runs we've seen in recent memory. Just with the guys you were taking on, mano a mano every single round. It's one of the craziest runs we've seen recently. All right, everyone, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more with Paul Pierce. I know I've been waiting forever to get back into TD Garden for a live Celtics game, and I know you've been feeling the same way. So why not make up for some lost time? Get in on all of the action for next season by signing up for the Celtics season ticket member waitlist presented by American Express. Listen, when you sign up, you'll get priority access to purchase season ticket memberships for the 2021-22 season once tickets become available. So after you're done listening here, head on over to Celtics.com waitlist to sign up today and you'll be back inside the garden in no time helping your boys grab a win. to talk to you about where this team is nowadays you know let's talk about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown I, I want to make a direct parallel with where they are right now to where you were when you were 23 24 25 years old you averaged 25 a game when you were 23 you were an all-star when you were 24 um, you got to the conference finals um, in what was it your fourth year um, yeah, in the league so so like you kind of experienced what they are experiencing now of not being able to break through to the NBA finals in these young years. But talk to me about what the challenges were when you're a young player still trying to figure it out. And some people out there might not understand, like there's got to be some level of patience. Like there's not a lot of, of guys who are under 25 years old leading teams to the NBA finals. It never happens. Right. Well, you know, these guys have finally established themselves, you know, within the year as uh, NBA superstars individually. And, you know, that's, you know, you want to come in the NBA and make a name for yourself. And I think over these last couple of years, you saw that with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Now, the fine line is, you know, having an understanding, how do I take my individual success and put that into the team success now and make the team better uh, to where we take the next step? And that's what I had to learn. You know, at the end of the day, it wasn't always about having huge scoring games, but how can I make my teammates better? But, 
you know, they're in a position to where they've had earlier success than I had. You know, they were in the conference finals as what rookies. Yeah, year, uh, yeah, 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 year you know, one, year two, yeah, yeah, and so now. And they weren't stars yet, but they had a collective unit that was really good. Now they've established themselves as individual stars. And, you know, when you get to this point, you're still so young. It can be frustrating, you know, because now, you know, when you when you become these stars, expectations follow. Yeah. You know, now, okay, I've made the all-star team. I've done this. Now LeBron is out of the Eastern Conference. Are the Celtics going to take that leap? And this just goes to show you how tough it is to win in the NBA because you saw the Celtics a few years ago. You were like, this is the team of the future. This is the team that's going to be running the Eastern Conference. But one player can change the team's fortunes. And we saw that, you know, with Brooklyn. You know, we're seeing that with these other teams like the Clippers and, and getting Kawhi and, you know, him ending up in Toronto and winning the chip. And so nothing is ever guaranteed. And so, yeah, they have time. Yeah, they're young. Uh, and so they'll have to figure it out. But they need more help. You know, you you need two all-stars, and they've established themselves as two all-stars, but, you know, they, they need a little more depth if they want to uh, take that next step. And, P, I got, I got one more question for you, and it's about the team. Tell me how you feel about Rob Williams, right, Tom Lord. I, I, I honestly, my honest opinion, I think he could be the Celtics uh, center for the future. Um, I think he could work on his body a little bit more, but I just want to hear it coming from your mouth because, you know, you and I be having these conversations all the time about yeah. different players. I think he's a great fit for them. You know, he's a guy who, you know, he can really contribute without having the ball. Mm. And because you got guys like Kimba and, and Tatum. These guys are going to have the ball. These guys are offense. He reminds me a lot of you, uh, Perk. You know, he's in there doing the dirty work. He's young. You know, he's, he's blocking shots. He can rebound at a high level, which he did in college. P, he's he way more athletic than me. Though. Yeah, he's, he's super athletic. He can catch the jobs. Perth, you know you were rising up for those oops. No, uh, <laughs> P had to drop them off. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? But he was, he's a guy that I can see his mentality. He, he, he loves to do the dirty work. And, you know, he, he understands what his role is to, for this team to be successful. He's just young. And, you know... Everybody can't be the star. He's going to be a guy that's going to do dirty work, and he's going to make a lot of money in this league, you know, being a guy who can block shots, rebound, run the court, catch lobs. I mean, look at Clint Capella. Look look at where he is. He can be just like that guy. And Clint Capella right now could arguably, arguably be an all-NBA player right now. Oh, I agree. And so, I agree. I agree. And so, you know, he, he reminds me a lot of him in that aspect, and I think he is the uh, center of the future. So, Paul – when, when you look back on that time of when you were young and you had to wait until you were like what, 30 years old, right? Until yeah. KG and Ray came to town. So I'm, I'm just curious, like when you look back at that time and you try to figure out what you could have done differently to maybe speed up the timeline of getting that other person to town or, or helping your team get to the next level, what, what are maybe some things that you would have done differently um, when you were back at their stage where they are? You know, I'm not sure if there was much I could have did differently because when I look at the whole dynamics of how it all went, because in the middle of me, you know, making my first all-star game, uh, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, the organization had a change in, uh, in, in direction. Uh, and so right after that, you got to understand, we lost a coach. We lost a couple coaches. 
uh, new ownership group comes in, uh, new GM Danny Ainge comes in, and they decide, okay, <clears throat> where I think I, we're heading in the right direction, they're like, okay, well, we don't think this team long run can sustain this. You know, we're going to rebuild. And I'm in the middle of really establishing myself as an NBA all-star. And so, uh, you know, my path was a little different. It was like I was getting there. I was going, I was, I was heading in the right direction. And then all of a sudden it was, everything was swept from up under me because we had an all-star in Antoine Walker who was traded. Uh, you know, we had great role players, Tony Batie, who were, who were shipped off. And, and so it was like, wow. You know, we're going into a rebuild. And then, and that, and also, I almost was traded with a lot of people don't know because <clears throat> in only my fourth year after signing my long-term deal, do you know we drafted three players at my position, which I never understood that. <laughs> Kendrick Brown, Joe Forte, these guys are, are perimeter guys, and Joe Johnson, all at my position. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and, and the rest of this core. Hey, if you had one thing to tell them as they go into this kind of, middle portion of their career uh, about to hit their prime in the next couple of years, what would you tell them? Wow. You know what? I would just say, you know, keep working and stay, you know, stay patient. You know, they're, they're uh, far ahead of the game. I feel like than I was at this stage, uh, but they got time, you know, they got time. You got two tremendously talented players who can play together for a long time. And uh, you know, right now they have to learn how to become leaders. I think. The game is there. Now they have to learn how to be the, a leader to this ball club. You know, I'm not there on an everyday basis, so I don't know how they lead. But, you know, sometimes it shows on the court. And, and so they have to continue and getting better in that aspect uh, of their careers. Uh, because when you have teammates that, <clears throat> like Perk said, he would have ran through the wall for me. You know, learn your teammates, you know, love your teammates. And I think the thing I had that was great for that worked for me is I spent time with all my teammates. You know, it didn't matter if you were the last guy on the bench or in the starting lineup. I, I spent, I got to know every single one of my teammates that came through there. And uh, and I invited them all out to dinner all the time. We all, we always did things. And I think that goes a long way to, you know, how you develop <clears throat> success on the court is getting to learn your teammates off the court. Uh, and, it, and it helps for them gaining that respect and I know they already have it because of the way they play but just like it, it'll go to a, I saw how it took a whole nother level uh when I started just spending more time with my teammates putting myself out there like that like man come on Gabe Pruitt we going to eat you know it might be I might a rookie he, he like what me you taking me like yeah me and you man come on as a matter of fact hold my I need you to hold my jacket, by the way, the whole night. <laughs> we're going to go eat, you know what I'm saying? But I need you to hold this. But we're going. <laughs> it's, like, it's like one of those things when your parents tell you, like, you'll understand one day, right? But, but they just might not get it yet. But when they get to your age, they'll be able to look back and say, now I know what he was talking about. Hey, Mark, Mark, don't forget for a second. First of all, like, as important as Mbutu was, let me tell you something. Paul used it all the time. If he wanted like a soda or something like that, he'd be like, and there was some rookie didn't want to get up to, hey, Mbutu, dog. Come on, hey. man. You got to, you got to, you know. Oh, man. Tony, we got, you know, oh, you got that extra shrimp over there, Mbutu, man. Let me Doesn't 2006 have to happen for you, the season you had, as the best player on a team that was younger, that didn't make the playoffs? Mm -hmm. Wasn't that a very important part of making you the player you were in the second half of your career? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, man, a lot of moving parts happened. It was just like when I look at that, how it all happened, I got hurt. And I've never been hurt in my career. In 2006, you know, I have a uh, stress fracture in my foot that I played on for like three games before uh, I realized it was it was cracked. And we go on this 18-game losing streak. Man, do you guys know? I don't know if you guys know how frustrated I was there going to the games night in and night out. Like, wow, we're farther away than I thought. You know, we were a team that had a lot of young guys that could maybe push for an eight slot, maybe, to a team that, like, man, we're farther away than I thought to where I want to be at this point in my career. And, uh, man, you guys don't know. It was a lot of secret meetings going on with me, Danny, Wick, Steve, Sully up in those offices and trying to determine, like, what direction are we all trying to go in. And in the end, the right direction. Uh, it, it worked itself out. I mean, dude, we had the we had the best odds to get the number one pick, and we get the fifth pick. <laughs> I was like, "What else bad can happen?" I mean, we have the worst record. We get the fifth pick. The basketball gods weren't on our side initially, but that fifth pick turned into Ray Allen. Yep, yep. <laughs> and know? Ray Allen turned into KG. Exactly. I mean, it could have went so many different ways because if, say, we do get the number one pick, say we get Kevin Durant, I mean, oh, man, it, it could have went so so many variables. There's just so much. The domino effect, you guys understand, I think about it all the time. Hey, that's a perfect wrap-up. You, you talked with, with Perk about dominoes earlier in the call. <laughs> now we're talking about dominoes at the end. I love it. No, Paul Pierce, man, congrats on uh, the Hall of Fame nomination. Hopefully you're going to hear that good news sometime soon. It sounds like you may have heard yeah, a little birdie in your ear. Man, but I also want to give a shout out to KG, my boy, man. I'm excited for him going to Hall of Fame. I'm going to be right there. I'm flying into Boston uh, Friday. And so, uh, you know, we're going to head out to the Mohegan Sun, hang out, have some grub. And, you know, I can't wait to be there to support my brother. Love it. Enjoy it. And maybe it maybe up, one day, maybe one day we'll tell the story of Antoine's night at Mohegan Sun after that preseason game. <laughs> oh, I got a lot of stories. <laughs> oh, there we go. That That's behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics. We'll get into that in a future episode, no doubt. Paul Pierce, man, thanks for the time. Enjoy it this weekend. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely. Mark, Sean, good speaking with y'all. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. 
Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.